Hey folks, SA20 coming to you live. Uh, drinking some sort of Chinese liquor. It's uh, three fingers to the wind with some ice. Uh, tastes like liquefied dates. So I'm not even sure what it is. It was a gift uh, for arriving when I arrived to Germany from a, a very good individual. Uh, so that's that's what I'll be drinking. Wife was supposed to go to the store and grab some beer. She did not, so I'm stuck with liquor, which is probably a better choice anyways. Um, we're going to start this podcast off solemnly. Um, lost a fantastic chief. Uh, I, I didn't know her personally. I knew her. Uh, she was part of the mess in uh, Fort Meade. Uh, great, great person. Uh, great chief's chief. Uh, great for... Always deployed, always doing her thing, and uh, she was killed in Syria uh, a couple days ago. Um, uh, came out in the media yesterday or or the day before. Um, so uh, terrible stuff. Uh, two other uh, a DIA employee was killed, and a army warrant officer was killed as well. Uh, another individual was killed, but I, I don't recall his name at the time. Um, very sad. Uh, like I said. My heart goes out to her and her family. My heart goes out. This happened. And it's unfortunate that uh, this conflict, or any conflict in general that uh, United States members are deployed to, touches as if can touch you in this way so quickly and do that. But I was not just, it, it, it's sad that it occurred or happened. Um, like I said, uh, just this sad. Uh, I, and, and coincidentally, uh, on that sad note, uh, I don't even know how to segue or transition, but there was an article that was about women in combat, uh, and it, it, it kind of talks about, or I guess it brings up the fact that women should not be in combat, which I'm totally against that statement. That statement is uh, abhorrent and horrific. Um, anybody that is an American that wants to serve their country in a combat role should be able to do that. Um, I know that Shannon would want to still be here and be with us and do all, like, I don't know why I even say that because I, I don't really know her that well. It's just sad that that occurred and happened, but uh, she died serving her country. Uh, you know, what another uh, cliche-ish, whatever type term you want to use, um, it's hard to find words uh, to express that, and I knew her tertiary uh, from a distance. Uh, I don't agree that look, combat standards should be lowered uh, for any individual when they join. Um, and Shannon was not the kind of person that combat standards would be lowered for. She was deployed 90% of her time. She's a straight up uh, mad person when it came to getting out there and doing uh, great things for our country. And it's just a sad, sad day. Uh, that that occurred. So with that sad note, um, I will continue on this uh, this endeavor, this little podcast. So uh, Gillette, I think everybody's talking about it. Gillette came out with a commercial. Uh, uh, let's just let's just play it. Bullying. The Me Too movement against sexual Is this the best a man can get? Is it? We can't hide from it. It's been going on far too long. 
can laugh it off. What I actually think she's trying to say. Making the same old excuses. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. But something finally changed. Allegations regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment. But she says And there will be no going back. Because we, we believe in the best in men. Men need to hold other men accountable. Smile, sweetie. Come on. To say the right thing. To act the right way. Not cool, not cool. Some already are. In ways big. Yo, men, And small I am strong. But some is not enough. Someone treat each other, okay? Okay. Because the boys watching today will be the men. So I'm not even really sure what Gillette's trying to prove with this ad or what they're trying to do at all. Uh, apparently, toxic, ma toxic masculinity. Apparently, there's just a bunch of people, a bunch of men walking around looking at children and beating the shit out of each other or catcalling women, um, supporting bullying. The boys will be, will be boys statement. But I thought we were the same, right? I thought men and women weren't different. I thought we were all equal and everything, and everything was all peachy keen. So besides the fact that the the uh, commercial's dumb as fuck, um, I loved the two retorts. Um, and and this this one it kind of explains it uh, perfectly. Because it, this is not an issue until... like I, I don't sit around thinking like how I'm going to mansplain to my wife or my child about whatever uh, the situation is going on or cut people off. I try to treat everybody as an equal, as most people I would assume do in their day-to-day -day lives. I'm sure there's those outliers on both the left and the right of everything that just kind of take shit to the, to, the, to the crazy extremes. And this is one of those cases where there was an ad exec and they were just the loudest voice in the room or maybe this is endemic of the Gillette culture. I'm not a boy cat kind of guy. I actually have Gillette like disposable razors up in my and uh, up in my uh, uh, medicine cabinet, uh, but I'm not gonna buy uh, those razors again. And you know it's unfortunate that the Navy makes me shave and has to force me into buying a razor. But I'm not buying Gillette. But I'm sure they'll get a bunch of money. This is kind of like the Nike Colin Kaepernick thing, where they made uh, Colin Kaepernick a, uh, a poster child of their shoes uh, because he knelt for the national anthem to protest police violence against uh, black. Uh, people. So in the same vein, Gillette wants to call out men for being, you know, masculine. So the uh, two, uh, the two retorts that I loved. Uh, so there I was putting on my rape shoes and practicing my sexual harassment pickup lines this morning. I just got done cyberbullying my coworkers. It was time to shave. I yelled at my wife to smile because I demanded, while pinching her butt right after she told me she didn't consent to it. Putting on the shaving cream and thinking about how I can get my son to a fight at the next barbecue, I replaced the worn Gillette brand Mach 3 and began to chant, boys will be boys, as I started to shave. Then suddenly my daughter burst into the bathroom holding her phone as I began to mansplain to her why she isn't smart enough to know how, why shaving time is the time she showed me the new Gillette ad. I realized how my view, or how every view, 
and behavior I've ever held dear was wrong. I'm calling in sick the toxic masculinity factory today and registering Democrat. Thanks, Gillette. Now excuse me while I hope to impeach Trump. A very impressive uh, retort. And then the, the better one was, because since we're making uh, ads for men and how, uh, how toxic they are, and women are equal to men, you know, as or I would, of course they're equal, but women are the same as men. Hey, the someone had an idea for a Gillette uh, Venus commercial, and here it is: a line of women sit in chairs, fretting about their nails, lecturing their daughters that if they don't lose weight, they won't be marriageable. Then pan to a group of women fighting Jersey store, Shore style over a man calling each other sexually derisive terms. Next show, a woman marrying a much older man for his money. Cut to a high school girl gossiping about her former best friend and what a slut she is now. Then show a woman happily getting married to a soldier. Then splash to that same woman cheating on her deployed husband. Fade in to a wife nagging her husband for not contributing around the house as he seals an envelope with a check for the mortgage payment. Then fade in a sequence of judge awarding that wife a home in a divorce settlement. Next show, an HR rep pressuring her manager to hire a less qualified woman over a well-qualified man, specifically because the company has a diversity problem. Finally, close the panel informing a young man that he's been found responsible for an allegation of sexual assault by a female student while being denied an opportunity to confront his accuser. Then splash Gillette Venus across the screen with the narrator's voice imploring women to stop being so difficult. If we're going to be woke, let's go full red pill shit woke. And uh, that, would, that pretty much explains my thoughts on that entire process. Thanks a lot, Gillette, for ruining my fucking week uh, with that stupid-ass commercial. And by ruining my, my week, I mean I just scoffed at it and how stupid it was. But it did. I know it was an effective market, or ad marketing campaign, just like Nike was. It got people talking about it. Yeah, it brought Gillette into the forefront and fold. But then they're going to get called out on their bullshit. Uh, there, was a, there were a bunch of pictures with uh, Gillette, uh, Gillette-sponsored uh, women in like rubber suits with Gillette stamped across the ass which isn't very uh, isn't very you know woman empowering so it's just stupidity like what pillar do they stand on to call out any anybody uh, or anything and uh, sorry if I just popped the pee there I'm practicing on uh, getting getting rid of that so uh, uh, back to Navy fuckery the uh, Fitz probe the Fitzgerald probe if you remember uh, two uh, two ships in the uh, Pacific uh, had uh, um, incidences where they ran into uh, other ships. Uh, the the probe finally came out that the Navy was trying to keep either secret or under wraps or whatever, uh, keeping it down or running. And since um, I'm kind of interested in the military, uh, I thought I would go into this uh, this little. Uh, this little format here. So a scathing internal Navy probe into the 2017 collision that drowned seven sailors on the guided missile destroyer Fitzgerald details a far longer list of problems plaguing the vessel, its crew and superior commands, than the service publicly admitted. Obtained by uh, a dual purpose investigation where Rear Admiral Brian Fort uh, submitted 41 days after the June 17th tragedy. It was kept secret from the public in part because it was designed to prep the Navy for potential lawsuits. Thanks a lot, Navy. Unsparingly, Fort and his team of investigators outlined critical lapses by bridge watchstanders on the night of the collision with the Philippine flag container vessel ACX Crystal in a bustling maritime corridor off the coast of Japan. The report documents the routine, almost casual violations of standing orders on the Fitz Bridge that often lack skippers and executive officers even during potentially dangerous voyages at night through busy waterways. The probe exposes how personal distrust led the officer of the deck, uh, Lieutenant J.G. Sarah 
topic to avoid communicating with the destroyer's electronic nerve center, the combat information center, or CIC, while the Fitz tried to cross a shipping superhighway. When Fort walked into the trash strewn CIC in the wake of the disaster, he was hit with the arid smell of urine and saw kettlebells on the floor and bottles filled with pee. Uh, some radar controls didn't even work, and he soon dissevered crew members who didn't know how to use them anyway. Uh, funny that they mentioned kettlebells because I, I definitely, when I was on a watch floor, had a kettlebell right next to me when I was uh, sitting watch. But never did I pee in a bottle uh, while on watch. I always got a relief and walked away. Fort found a voyage management system that generated more trouble calls than any other key piece of electronic navigational equipment designed to help watch standards navigate without paper charts. The VMS station on the skipper's quarters was broken, so sailors cannibalized it for parts to help keep the rickety system working. Since 2015, the Fitz had lacked a QMC, a crucial leader who helps safely navigate a warship and trains uh, sailors. Rules of the road, uh, all that other fun stuff. Uh, shortcoming known to both uh, destroyer squadron and Navy officials uh, for quite a while. Ford determined that Fitz's crew was plagued by low morale. Overseen by a dysfunctional chief's mess, way to go chiefs, and dogged by a bruising tempo of operations in the Japan-based 7th Fleet that left exhausted sailors little time to train or complete critical certifications, which was all, definitely was all known before the incident. Uh, that's, yeah, they're just letting it ride. To Fort, they appeared to be led by officers who appeared indifferent or potential life-saving lessons that should have been learned from other near misses at sea, including a similar incident near Sasebo, Japan, that occurred only five weeks before with the ACX uh, Crystal. Fort's work took only added urgency after another destroyer assigned to the 7th Fleet, John S. McCain, collided with a Liberian flag tanker on my birthday, uh, uh, killing 10 more American sailors. But it remained an internal file never be shared with us, the public. <coughs> Damn it. Pentagon officials declined to answer specific questions set by Navy Times about the Fort report and instead defended the decision to keep the contents of the report hidden. Um, in the 19 months since the fatal collision, the Navy's readiness reform oversight council made significant progress in implementing reforms. Da, 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 da. And then the sailors, uh, Javier Martin, Dakota Rigsby, uh, Shinjino Douglas, Tan Nguyen, uh, Noe Hernandez, uh, Carlos Sabayan, and Gary Ream uh, drowned in the disaster. Probably uh, a, ter a terrible, a terrible way to go. Copic uh, pled guilty to dereliction of duty charge at court martial last year. The Vitz commanding officer Bryce Benson and Lieutenant Natalie Combs, who ran the Combat Information Center, are battling similar charges in court, but contend unlawful command influence by senior leaders scuttled any chance for fair trials. Uh, Ford arrived at the at her CIC desk and found a stack of paperwork. Uh, she was most likely consumed and distracted by a review of Operation Department paperwork, which is very true. Uh, although Ford's report drew parallels to a 2012 non-fatal accident involving the destroyer Porter in the Strait of Hermes. Um, uh, an unnamed junior officer became confused by the surface warfare contact picture. Um, the captain was typically absent on the bridge. Um, five short blasts were sounded by the officer, which is emergency. And then, you know, you cut right as the rules of the roads uh, would allow you to do. And then a bunch of officers would not take rules of the road um, uh, testing. And then exoseal were absent from the bridge. Uh, Rules of the road on, uh, you know, red right returning, green going gone, red and yellow, or red and red, captain's dead, you know, uh, our new reels catch face, so purchase one soon. Uh, stuff like that. And only when it goes to the rules of the road, which a lot of them were saying it was a kind of a gotcha test, 
22 who took the test average a score of 59%, and then only three of the 22 officers scored over uh, 80. And then the, the exode refused to take the exam with the Navy Times. So just uh, highlighting some of the Navy fuckery, I kind of don't even know when I got into that report. It, does, it, it did kind of interest me that it was on the, on the list of things that ran across the desk this week as far as news is concerned. Um, and I definitely wanted to uh, bring that out. To remember those cats uh, that passed away in the Fitz and the 10 that passed away on the McCain. Uh, and Trump can news. Uh, one of his DC uh, editorial picks, um, or one of his DC Circuit Court picks, the actually DC Circuit Court pick that is uh, destined to replace Brett Kavanaugh, and I think we all know who he is, um, is actually under fire for some of the things that she wrote with uh, when she was in college in 1994. So the Dems are showing a, uh, well, who else would it be? Dems are showing a, a nice little uh, propensity to reach back into your past, 36 years into your past. And in the case of uh, this district court judge, 1994, she was at, uh, she was in college and wrote some editorials for the college newspaper about basically, um, like there was a, I've seen the photo, or I've seen the poster, you know, John has a drink, Sally has a drink, uh, John commits rape, Sally can't consent. And that was pretty much what was being floated in colleges trying to, you know, trying to essentially say that if a man and a woman go out and have drinks, that she can't, the woman can't consent. Or if you have a drink of alcohol and you're a woman, you can't consent and you're, you know, I'm just a girl. I can't be held accountable for my actions. Not to say that, you know, you can't stop in the middle of whatever's going on. Um, like, I've, it's it's very, it, the, the decision tree in that situation is infinitely fraught with peril and, uh, you know, um, and, uh, just, just bad, bad uh, shit all the way. And kind of my advice now is just not even to go do it. Go to church, you know, go meet somebody there. Don't go to the bar and do the hookup thing because they're trying to get rid of hookup culture. And what's hilarious is that some women are just kind of pissed that they're like people are trying to get away from the hookup culture and then the, the whole like consent every step of the way legislation that's been floated. Hilarious. Like, can I touch your shoulder? Yes. Can I touch your elbow? Yes. Can I touch your, you know, whatever? Yes. <sighs> uh, she wrote about, yeah, she wrote about the hookup culture and then date rape. And it was in October 1994. It was in Yale. Um, Rao warned of the hysteria over date rape. She questioned laws that say an intoxicated person can't give consent and argued a good way to avoid potential date rape is to stay reasonably sober, which makes kind of sense. Uh, unless someone made her drink sound detectively strong or forced them down her throat, a woman, like a man, decides when and how, and much, and how much to drink, she wrote. And if she drinks to the point where she can no longer choose, well, getting to that point was part of her choice. <coughs> Which kind of leaves open the, uh, you know, you shouldn't, as a man, you shouldn't be trying to uh, engage in sexual intercourse with somebody that's passed out. That's uh, obviously not a uh, not a kosher thing. But I don't know. What are you going to do? Outlaw alcohol? I mean, whatever. So uh, in 1993, the feminist dilemma, the feminist dilemma. Rao, the D.C. Circuit nomination by um, Trump, 
wrote that she agreed with feminist critic uh, Camilla Pagila, uh, who accurately describes the dangerous feminist idealism, which teaches women that they are equal. Women believe falsely that they should be able to go anywhere with anyone, although I'm certainly not arguing that date rape victims ask for it. When playing the modern dating game, women have to understand and accept the consequences of their sexuality. Some feminists chant that women should be free to wear short skirts or bright lipstick, but true sexual signals lie beyond these blatant signs. That's, uh, well, if I said this as a man, I would be fucking strung up, uh, most definitely. So way to go, Ralph. On race, 1995, for the Yale Free Press, uh, Ralph said that Yale classrooms are virtually non-existent or discrimination or race discrimination was virtually non-existent. But this should come as no surprise. Over the past decades, Yale has dedicated itself on relatively firm meritocracy, which drops its standard only for a few minorities, some legacies, and a football player here and there. And in 1994, how diversity game is played, Rao, who described herself as an Asian Indian, assailed multiculturalists who separately uh, separate and classify everyone according to race, gender, and sexual orientation. Those who reject their assigned categories are called names. So-called conforming blacks are called Oreos by their members of their own community. Conservatives become fascist, preaching tolerance, multiculturists seldom practice it, she writes. And on multiculturalism, I don't think I got the, uh, this part. Um, she wrote that multiculturists are not simply after political reform. Underneath their touchy-feely talk of tolerance, they seek to undermine American culture. They argue that culture, society, and politics have been defined and presumably defiled by white male heterosexuals hostile to their way of life. For example, homosexuals want to redefine marriage and parenthood. Feminist and women's studies programs want to replace so-called male rationality with more sensitive responses to common women and maybe kinder, gentler, but to build a bridge with it, can you? And, well, she's just, uh, she is definitely a conservative. Um, and she's far left, like Amy Cohen and Cohen Barrett uh, left. Um, and she's under fire in the, uh, rightly or wrongly, and I, I would say wrongly, because those are her writings in college. She may have changed completely. I haven't heard the, the Senate testimony or the House congressional testimony. I believe not Senate testimony when they confirm judges. So I haven't heard that testimony on if her views have changed or not. But uh, kind of don't believe when Maisie Hirono and Kamala Harris or Cory Booker go after a judge in any shape, form, or fashion. They've uh, definitely cried wolf way too much for me to even entertain uh, them. So... Uh, uh, Giuliani and the Trump News headline section um, made some gaffes publicly stating that uh, you know he keeps changing his uh, he keeps changing the, the Russia collusion story to uh, there was no collusion with the Trump campaign to well Trump didn't know about it and then oh you know the campaign may have colluded but Trump didn't order it or, or whatever he keeps he keeps uh, moving the goalposts to the right to the right to the right. Um, yeah, not cool, not good, but, uh, uh, they still haven't, I really want to see, uh, keep hitting that fucking thing, so I, I really want to see the, uh, the Mueller report when it comes out, um, that's, that's what I'm waiting for, so Mueller, Mueller report, Mueller report, Mueller report, and there's reports that on the left saying, just all the way far left, that it's going to end uh, Trump's presidency, and so there's reports on the right saying, you know, don't get all spun up in a tizzy. This is kind of going to be nothing uh, or it's going to be, it's not going to be what you're expecting it to be. Um, the the crazy thing was that the FBI opened a probe on Trump in 2017 based on fucking nothing. He uh, fired Comey due to the fact that Comey would not allow, like would not state publicly that Trump wasn't under investigation. 
So Comey got chip canned. Comey was the one that uh, basically you could you could make the case or make the argument that Comey ruined or Comey cost Hillary Clinton the election in 2016 by coming out about 10 days prior to the uh, election and saying, hey, you know, emails, Hillary, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I want to be fair, firm, and consistent. And he, uh, you can make the argument that Comey sunk her campaign as bad as a, as bad as a, uh, a candidate as she was. Like, she probably, you can make the argument that she would have beat Trump by X amount of percentage points, but that Trump, the Comey uh, announcement swung it in a couple of, you know, a couple of points in Trump's direction. So, Comey, the winner that he is, got shit bent, canned by Trump, and then the FBI opened up a, vet, a, a CT counterterrorism investigation on Trump. With, like, no justification, really, because he had the authority to fire um, an FBI lead. Like, FBI is an executive branch. Trump is the executive lead, so he can do that. So they opened an investigation because he did something he was authorized to do. And you're scared about Trump-Russia, but, uh, you know, Obama, Hillary... I got some Russia fun stuff too. Uh, I want to say Obama uh, talked to Medvedev, said, hey man, just give me some time, give me some space. Kind of coordinated with Med- Medvedev. Uh, and then uh, Russia moved into Ukraine, no response by the Americans. Russia moved into Syria, no response by the Americans, both under Obama's administration. And then all the shit with Hillary. So if I, uh, if I suicide myself in uh, five days or whatever, please know that Hillary Clinton killed me. I just want to let everybody know that. Um, but yeah, all of her Uranium One Clinton Foundation uh, speech, speaking fees, uh, uh, investigations that she's not under. Like, if Trump's under investigation, like they have, like she has to be under investigation. I would assume uh, that would be uh, all, all in the, all in the uppity ups. And then the State of the Union, uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, final Trump news. Nancy Pelosi uh, is sent a letter to Trump saying, "Hey." Um, maybe you shouldn't do, send us a letter, maybe you shouldn't do the State of the Union, or maybe you should push it back while the government is shut down. So, um, yeah, I like the State of the Union. I, I, I'd like to sit there and watch it for an hour and, and listen to stories and uh, statements that I haven't heard and watch all the partisan division. and uh, It's interesting to me. But what, what was hilarious, the, the most funny thing about it, is that Nancy Pelosi and a couple of uh, congressmen and senators were on a plane to go to Brussels, Egypt, and another location for like a seven to ten day trip. And then Trump canceled the flight for the military flight that they were going to take on, saying, "Hey, you know, why don't you? Uh, it's it's better if you stay in uh, D.C. and negotiate, or but you can always you can always fly commercial." So uh, a <laughs> funny little tit for tat uh, from Trump to Pelosi and Pelosi to Trump, fucking children. Uh, on other fun news, a CNN host, uh, Abram Martin, I want to say that was the name, uh, decided to use the term white privilege for a radio host when they were talking. And it's, uh, here it is, CNN legal analyst Ariva Martin accuses David Webb, a radio host, of white privilege. But funny, Troy, funny story, true story, David Webb is black. So it's literally just a reactionary statement that people make, like, racist, you're a racist, you're a sexist, you're a bigot, you have white privilege, you have this, you have that, blah. 
it's like it's like calling somebody stupid retard whatever it's an empty word it's an empty statement um yeah way to go like black people calling like that's the absurdity that's going on black people are calling black people like they have white privilege yeah whatever uh marriage and wellness study uh here we go can't do the tote totes can't do the 420 uh won't be able to do the 420s for quite some time but totally support it totally support legalization and totally support the fact that uh um, it should be considered a it, it should most assuredly be taken off the schedule one drug uh classification for the juanas or the marijuana um 44 of people uh, in, in scientific study let me grab the uh the citation, but a 44% of people preferred marijuana over opiates uh, and said it did just as much for their pain and did just as much for, uh, uh, just as much for their pain, just as much for everything. A new study found that 44% of medical cannabis users stopped taking a pharmaceutical drug, which I talked about that earlier, they fucking suck, or used less of one or both in favor of cannabis. They rated marijuana better than pharmaceutical drugs on effectiveness, side effects, availability, and cost and that's on newsumic.edu so it looks like everything's kind of uh, kind of what taken off of that but uh, you know like it sh definitely should be legalized um, and then they should probably retroactively release prisoners that are just caught on possession charges uh, maybe not trafficking but definitely possession uh, charges for marijuana and probably some other drugs as well cocaine heroin uh, uh, it was brought up on the Ben Shapiro show and he was uh, he was talking about uh, uh, meth and uh, meth and crack um, and then because in the in the 80s I want to say I've seen some documentaries or uh, certain things that in the 80s uh, you know crack was being really the war on drugs was really going on crack and the big problem is, is that cocaine is literally the same fucking thing, except cocaine's a white person drug and crack is a black person drug. But the penalties for crack, vice, cocaine are much harsher, up to 10 times harsher uh, than that. But then you can you can go to the meth story and meth's more of a white drug. Um, and the punishment is just the same for crack that it is for meth. So that was his counter. But he, did, he never brought up cocaine. Uh, in that little story, I digress. But yeah, I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with that one. Uh, continuing on, um, most prisoners uh, per capita. Yeah, going into that where uh, uh, I talked about uh, police shootings last time. I'm gonna talk about uh, prisoners, and I'll get give you the stats from Statista about uh, prisoners. But uh, when you know it, and I'm sure that you already knew that America is number one. We're number one. We're number one. Da, 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 da. I got it here somewhere. This is where the podcast goes off the rails. I'm coming a little bit under the weather. Um, the wife got it. The kid got it, as you already know. And then the, the daughter started it. <sighs> well, maybe Gillette was right. Come on. Don't even know why I didn't save it or do whatever. Most prisoners per capita by country. The United States, I believe, is in the 608 range. And we could lower that. 
would I would hope easily. Six hundred and fifty-five <coughs> people in prison per hundred thousand. Uh, El Salvador comes in a uh, close second with six hundred nine, and then Turkmenistan, the Virgin Islands, which is also part of the USA, uh, Cuba, Thailand, and the Maldives, and then Northern Marinera, which is USA territory, and Rwanda. So there you go. I would say we could lower that number, uh, or the war on drugs wasn't such a, uh, it's a goddamn disaster. It needs to go away. They need to legalize a lot of, uh, a lot of the drugs uh, that we have. Uh, I talked last week about the people that were shot to death by U.S. police statistics, and the only thing that caught me was the, uh, other statistic. So here we go. In 2017, 457 whites were shot versus 223 blacks, uh, 179 Hispanics, 44 other, and then 84 unknown. So whites were shot at a... Almost 50% of police shootings in 2017 were white. And then in 2018, it was all the numbers went down except for other. So I don't know why they why they switched that uh, number. And you could argue, like, other went up from 84 to 204. So you could argue that uh, that's mixed race shootings. Uh, or they could be black or they could be... Uh, maybe uh, the cops went on an Indian reservation and just went ham uh, one day. Who knows? But uh, in 2018... Uh, whites were 399, blacks were 209, Hispanics were 148, and others were 36. All those numbers went down from 27 to 2018 with the exception of unknown, which shot up markedly almost 150% from 84 to 204. So those are the numbers I was talking about uh, last time. And then World Health Organization listed anti-vaxxers as a top 10 threat to, uh, you know, the world, which if you do not vaccinate your children, you are a fucking idiot and you need to be, you need to lose your children and they need to be taken away. Uh, I, can't, I, I can get the flu shot. Like that's where I can, that's where I can sympathize with you a little bit because all they do is the most virulent strain of the flu, which is becomes less and less of a, uh, less and less of a solution. I got the flu shot for the first time in a few years. Um, well, actually I have to get it every year. But uh, I got the first, uh, uh, yeah, I got, I got the flu shot for the first time in a couple of years um, because I had, a, I had a child, right? You, have, you got a newborn in the house, you got to get the flu shot. Make sure everybody's good to go, happy, smiles, all that other fun stuff. But if you're not getting normal shots like MMR or other stuff, you're fucking stupid. Uh, we, we depend on herd immunity. To save everybody because there are actual people that can't take vaccinations because they're allergic they'll die um if they get it because they you know they, they can't do eggs or whatever whatever the whatever the thing is in the vaccination so we got to vaccinate 95 percent of people so that we have herd immunity measles and polio is making a comeback and that's not just uh that's not just a thing like it's not just coincidence that people are not vaccinating their children and then all of a sudden polio and measles is coming back like, we live in a first world country for a fucking reason. So if you're not going to vaccinate your children, fucking piss off. Uh, R. Kelly wanted to beat the shit out of Dave Chappelle for his, uh, for his little piss on you skit. And uh, hopefully this will get deleted or not deleted. If I played it, I wonder. That would be copyright infringement, I think. So I will just sing it. Uh... Rolling around, sitting on dubs, catting on highways, high on trucks, rolling in my Escalade. Man, I'm paid, I got it made. Take me to your special place. Close your eyes, show me your face. I'm gonna piss on it. 
Like, that's how much the Dave Chappelle show affected me, and that's how good of a show it is, that I can sing the first verse of R. Kelly's, or Dave Chappelle's R. Kelly, Piss on You. Thank you, Dave Chappelle, for everything that you do. Uh, you, you are the most fantastic comedian in the world. So, the Yes Ma'am, or the Aquaman uh, tranny, um, and like I've, I've said earlier, uh, I think uh, there are true transgenders in this world, but it's less than half of a percent, and that's being generous. It's more of a faddish thing, like podcasts, <laughs> um, cutting, emo, all that other shit. But the, uh, the lady that freaked out at the GameStop uh, because she felt like she was being misidentified um, by the GameStop employee, does not regret her actions at all. No regret. She she was 100% in the right to lose her shit and not understand to, to do anything. So totally cool that she hulked out and kicked out a, a, a stack of things and lost her shit and almost kicked a, open a, uh, the door and broke it. And totally cool. No regret. No regrets. No uh, tattooed across her chest. But I, but I also didn't know that she was a rapper. So I'm not gonna bore you and play that. Uh, that would uh, that would do uh, do way too much. Uh, Spider Man came out with a Far From Home trailer. Super duper. Uh, really wanna. That would be cool to see that movie. And then Into the Spider Verse. I hear is apparently very good. Um, so yay for. Into the Spider-Verse, I, I haven't seen it. I have no desire to see it, but I guess I have to see it now because the reviews are coming out and they're saying, or basically everybody's saying it's a pretty pretty decent movie. So good for them. Uh, don't know why AOC is still a thing. They did, like every every time I'm looking for news headlines to talk about on the podcast, she's up there for some reason. Don't know why. Don't care. Uh, I probably had some sort of fun, super cool guy thing to talk about uh, on that, but no. Uh, uh, in that vein, which that's a, a horrible, uh, horrible segue. I'm a very socially awkward person. Uh, as as evidenced today, I walked into a. Uh, so I dropped uh, I dropped somebody off at the airport, and then I went to mail off uh, a package for um, a wife's friend, and then I, I headed out. Traffic was bad, so I just like fuck it. I'm not. I'm not sitting in traffic for an hour. I'm just going to go grab a burger, grab a beer, and then uh, get a get a burger for the wife. So I walked into a, uh, a pub, an Irish pub, and uh, just uh, some lady's like, oh, Maryland. So, you know, had a nice little uh, two-minute conversation with her. <coughs> and I walked with her. I was looking for fucking chairs and shit, and the bartenders were just looking at me like I was a fucking idiot. Which I was probably being an idiot because I was like literally bopping back and forth like one of the turtles on uh, Nintendo because uh, Mario hadn't jumped on him yet. And they were like, hey, what are you doing? Like, can you, would you like a table? We want to sit down? It's like, I'm just looking for a table, man. It's like, oh, there's tons of fucking tables here, tons of chairs. Why don't you just sit down, you fucking limey bastard? Um, and then I was like, oh, I'll go to the bar. It's like, great. <sighs> uh, what? They were, they were Irish. Yeah, it's something like Chinese come to Germany to do the Chinese bar thing. Uh, Irish come to Germany to do the Irish pub thing. Um, 
Blimey. What are you fucking sit down, bruh? You want a fucking beer? Yeah. It's a, it's a horrible British Irish accent. I won't uh, do it again. Uh, somewhat successful in the gym this week. Yay for me. Um, still on track, on par. I got to do one more workout on Sunday. Me and the fam are going to a playhouse for the daughter. Get her out of the house. It's supposed to be sunny the next two out of three days. Yay. So looking forward to that. And then um, I'm actually trying to read my daughter The Hobbit. She has zero interest in that book whatsoever. But it, it gives me a reason to get up there and read, uh, keep my mind engaged. Uh, so it's still exciting for me not reading the same book, Cat in the Hat, or uh, whatever it is over and over and over and over again. Which is uh, super sad, not too fun. But uh, read to your kids, you guys. Um, it's very important. Uh, to do that and uh, stick to that education uh, stuff. Well, uh, podcast lost a lot of wind this last five minutes. Here's what it is. My personal life is not interesting, so and I don't know why I try to talk about it or do anything. So um, God bless you, Shannon. Rest your war, shipmate. Um, and, uh, you know, love you, sister. Bye. picked a peck of pickled peppers, pepper pots delivered Tony Stark's Praetorian armor to Flukerville. Poppy, poppy, poppy.